What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 265. On this episode, I'm joined by Kid G. We talk about the Patreon, merch shop, a bunch of music talk, uh, his new album, uh, bowling, video games, and TV. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Joined here by no one yet. So that means I will talk to you about ways you can give me money. The first of which, which is patreon.com slash podcastamo. You can go there and give me a dollar or more a month and get early access to the podcast. Really popping off over there. It's also like the only comment section. Well, not the only, but it's like the place you could put comments on the episode and I will read them and respond. So maybe that's a bonus for people out there. Um, Also, I got to shout out those co-producers, the ones at that next tier, the better fans, which is my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear, it's your boy H2.com and Jackie Daytona keeping us going as the five pillars of strength. Also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com. Uh, someone purchased a mug this week. Uh, so if y'all are interested in mugs and coffee cups, shit like that, they exist with our logo. Um, and it's got t-shirts, some hats, you know, maybe a tote bag, possibly. I can't remember. Um, but go check it out. All right. This week, um, we are calling a rapper out of, I think, San Antonio, Texas. I could be wrong. We'll ask him. It uh, goes by the name of Kid G. I have featured on one of his songs before. So we might play that at the end of this, maybe. Or maybe a new song. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. And uh, also, I've produced a few songs he has coming out uh, here at the end of this month. So we're going to have him on here to talk about shit. Um you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I have no idea what his interests are. You know, this is just a, saw, a surprise for everybody. So let's give him a call. What's up, man? Not much, man. Just another day. Hell yeah. <laughs> that is how they go. Yeah, damn sure. We are recording on uh, Cinco de Mayo, which I thought you were in San Antonio. Is that correct? I am, yeah. I bet it's like a big fucking deal there, right? Um, you know, normally it kind of is, but with this COVID and pandemic, it's like they cancel everything. Like we haven't had Fiesta in the past like two years, which is a huge thing. So it's kind of just died out for the time being. Oh, wow. People are still hyped about it, but it's not what it used to be for sure. I bet there's some underground Cinco de Mayo parties going on. Oh, for damn sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, hell yeah, man. And, um, yeah, a little intro about you was your name's Kid G. I thought you're from San Antonio. So how long have you been rapping or do you consider yourself a rapper or are you one of those people that are like, I'm an artist, you know, what's your whole deal? I mean, I like to say artist because it is more than anything, it's an art form. And lately I've been trying to explore different sounds. Hasn't really worked out, which is why I've gotten other people to do those parts for me. <laughs> but um, more than anything, I'd, I'd say artists just for the fact, you know, um, 
it's truly an art form music in general um i've been rapping well i've been rapping for about six years but i've actually started to put time into it and take it seriously for about a little over a year oh hell yeah so not too long now um yeah, yeah. I, I typically would call myself an artist these days because I do do so much, but there was a time where like I just freestyled, you know, so I was like, yeah, I'm a rapper, you know, and and I think some people right. are just rappers and they're really fucking good at it. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely seems to be uh, evolving the the terminology, if you will. Um, so I did also so we can just make sure we knock all this out. I brought up that I have been done a verse for a song of yours before. And then also you have some tracks coming out, I believe at the end of this month on some of my beats. Is this correct? Yeah. I planned to, it's a little EP that you had put together for me. I uh, plan on dropping at the 28th of this month. So that's going to be cool. Uh, and the <laughs> cover art's dope. Um, you know, I thought that turned out really, really good as well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I had done something myself and uh, I just didn't like it. And so I hit up, uh, well, so funny story about that. I, I paid someone in advance to do it and they just never got back to me. So I was like, you know, whatever, I wasn't going to trip about it. And then I hit up, uh, I tried to do it myself and I was like, I've had people do it for me for, for so long now. It's going to look weird with something I do putting it out. So I, that's when I hit up uh, that dude, be like, who was on that track that we did together. And I was like, yo bro, like, uh, I need a cover. What's up? <laughs> Right. And then that's how that came together, which he did. He killed it for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I do all my own artwork and it's very amateurish, like, but I'm to the point where I'm like, but it all matches, you know, like I've convinced myself, like it all kind of matches, but I'm all the time like, yeah, I should probably get better artwork, but I will say right. internet friends I mean, three artwork was perfect. I did a good job. Oh dude. And internet friends three was super dope. I like that artwork. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the same thought process I had is like, um, it what mine wasn't so as like well, as the word you said amateur looking. It was more actually done on, um, like uh, I guess I don't know what people use Photoshop and uh, Lightroom and all that, but like graphic design, I guess. But after having all that real work done, I didn't want to put something that I did on like splice or glitch and like iphone apps and put that out i just didn't want to do that to myself so that's when i had reached out and i was like say man things you put this together for me and that's how that came out i will say as long as you're not using bitmojis as album covers i think you're doing all right that's like one of my pet peeves in the world i haven't actually seen that but i i wouldn't imagine ever that coming to my idea at all (laughs) i mean I don't know. I, I get it from the stance of like when people do singles, you know, I don't do a whole lot of singles. I'm going to try maybe this year. We'll see. Uh, but I get when you do singles, you're like, fuck it. I just need cover art, you know, like who cares? But I just when I see a song with a Bitmoji cover, I never click it. You know, like I'm just <laughs> just never going to happen. So, I yeah, know. I mean, it's it's not the most appealing thing in the world. Like uh, the guy who used to do my art, you know, he we had a conversation about that. and He was like. You know, when people look at it, you know, they like you have to make them want to click on it. it has to look interesting and it has to appeal, whether it's real complex or real simple. You know, they have to it has to appeal to them. And I mean, 
like the first time you posted the I have three like cover, I was like, yo, that's that's fucking dope, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot I, like, of comments about it. That's how I was like, oh, I guess it yeah. is good. Yeah, it was super, dude. I, 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 I mean, I should have wrote because you you sent me like the beats like three times. I just never got around to opening them and listening to them. And then I heard the project and I was like, damn, I should have done something. <laughs> hey. But that's that's all my fault. That's what I was going for. I actually tweeted like two or three months ago. I was like, when this project drops, I want people to feel bad they missed out. You know, so yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was more of a feeling like of like, damn, like he literally, he's I I saw them in my email, I flagged it, and I was like, okay, I gotta listen to it, and then life just life got crazy, and I just never got around to it, and then I saw you submitted it for distribution, and I was like, well, fuck, there goes that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there'll always be more opportunities. You know, we can always do more songs. Um, lately, I've been really trying to, um, uh, I guess I've been like feeling myself vocally more, you know, like I've been kind of getting crazier, but like, I just don't have any lyrics. Like I don't, a, a lot of times I'll have like a, a built up supply of verses. And so whenever I go and work, it's just like, I have all this shit to choose from or I have some stuff to choose from. But like right now, I just don't have that. So I'm trying to do it like, uh, let me just punch in these four lines and then I'll just do another four lines over. Like I'm doing it very segmented and I've never made music like that. So I'm excited to see like if it works or not, you know, or if it's like really. I mean, bad. I think I think that's a good idea. I mean, it all, it all really depends on, I guess, your writing style, because for me personally, like when I write, it's like uh, I have to be like I'm in a mood. So it's like if I walk, like like walk away from four bars and come back the the moods like the vibe i guess isn't there so i'm like but i can't do this <laughs> right but i mean every everybody's style is different man I, I respect everybody's style which is which is why i consider it a real art because it's it's so different everybody's so different with how they go about writing and recording so right. it's cool to figure out see how other people work like i almost always do my verses straight through you know and you'll see people on the internet say that you can't do that that's why, you know, that's not good. You should do punch ins. And I just never do that. You know, like I just do my, whether if it's 16 or 32, whatever it is, I typically just do it straight through. And then I keep retrying until I get it good, you know, more or less. That's my process. Yeah. Um, so I get that strategy, but I was just like, fuck it. Let's get weird. You know, like I am trying to, I want to do weirder shit on my vocals and just add more effects because uh, nothing really matters. Like I've put out a lot of stuff where like lyrically, I feel like I put a lot into it. But like people don't even catch it, you know, so I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it is just the beats, you know, like, let's do some fun shit. And that's really hard for me, (laughs) but that's what I'm working on. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a big thing is like getting deep with your lyrics and saying some shit that's like super dope, but nobody catching it. And that's why, like, you know, behind my lyrics, there's always some sort of meaning. It's not just complete and utter bullshit. But like when I first started making music back in high school i would get i would talk about real shit and of course no one listened to it but i didn't know how to market i didn't know how to promo didn't know how to do any of that back then and i'm still working on that as we speak but the point is like no one listened to it and now i'm talking about bullshit and shit's getting played like no tomorrow so it's just that's a cool thing to kind of see but right so it's like i mean production wise production wise it has to be there Right. Yeah. Be, and that's uh, probably 
out of all of the, not to make this all about me, but for internet friends who we brought up earlier, uh, the biggest compliment I've gotten is everyone's like, man, the production just so much better than your other stuff, which is like a backhanded compliment in a way. But like, I, <laughs> I do kind of feel like, Hey, I think I'm actually pretty good at making these beats these days. You know, it was a process. It's a journey. Um, but I really feel like lately, uh, they've been hitting, if you will. Right. I mean, you always, I mean, like you said, on that back end, you feel like it's a back end compliment. I wouldn't say that per se, but I mean, you always want to be getting better at what you do and perfecting your craft. So it's like, like me, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to my album bars on me. I have, um, yeah, that album has like two good songs on it. But when I put it out, I was like, bro, this whole album fucking slaps. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but that, I talk about that a lot on here, actually. Uh, I mean, a lot, but I have before of like, I've never put out something that at the time I put it out, I thought it was bad. You know, like I always, right. when it comes out, I'm like, hell yeah, this is it. This is it right here, you know? But then like maybe right. six months to a year later, and you can go back and you're like, oh, I guess that one didn't really hit. And yeah, I guess that line was a stretch. You know, maybe I could have cleaned. But at the moment, you're like, no, everyone's going to get that line because it's so good. You know, but you you kind of get like even right now, the song I'm working on, I posted a snippet of it on Twitter today and I fucking love it. Like, I just listened to it all day, the hook, because that's all I have so far. And I'm like, man, this song is so fucking good. But then I sent it to someone the other day to like listen to and they're like, oh, it's all right. I don't, is your bass out of tune? And I was like, fuck, no, it's not. I know what the fuck I'm like, you know, I was kind of offended. But I was like, man, how can you not just love this as much as me? But like, I get it. You get biased when you're in the moment of creating it or whatever. So, oh, for sure. Like, I mean, so I'm, I'm working on, well, not working on it anymore. I'm only working on one EP now, but um, when I was working on the one you had put together for me at the time, I was working on two EPs at once. Uh, the one that I have with you uh, called Unorthodox, and then my second one, Plaza Sessions Volume Two, and Plaza Sessions Volume Two. Like, there's a couple of songs on there. I'm like, dude, this fucking hits. And I've sent a couple songs to people to you know listen to, and they're just like, eh, it's it's this, it's that, and I'm just like, man, fuck you, like this shit's hard, bro. Like, but I think I think Unorthodox is hard all the way around. Like, I mean, there's only three songs on it, but it's like there's one song on there that's like I talked about. I feel like I talked about some like some real shit. So it's it's cool to like see it come together, and I'm excited to see how it does. Right, and honestly, uh, I'm the worst when it comes to getting feedback or sending people music because, uh, you know, like the Kendrick Lamar and Tech Nine song, I am fragile, you know, in a way, like in that moment. But like I'm cool after a minute, but I am gonna be like kind of defensive, and. um I got to shout out um, Thetikos because he like takes feedback better than anyone I ever give feedback to. He'll be like, tell me everything that's wrong with it. And I'll be pretty honest of like, you have a breath mark here. You have a weird way of the, you know, and he'll be like, all right, appreciate it. I'll work on it. You know, like he never gets mad, which is pretty cool. Um, And then like my homie, Mikey Lax, who I enjoy Mikey Lax music a lot. He's someone who he sent me his album that still, I don't think hasn't come out yet uh, a while ago. And let's say it had 12 songs. Like none of them, I was like, bro, none of these are going to be on my favorites playlist. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is shit I'm going to yeah, listen to yeah. regularly, right? But all of his emails back were like, the three I didn't like. He's like, but let me defend why I made, you know, like, and I'm the same way. Like, he couldn't take the, like, I think, you know, like 75% of this is the hardest shit I've ever heard. He was more of like, no, but listen to why I made those three you don't like, you know, or whatever. And so I do think 
it's just the artist mentality sometimes. Right. And I mean, that's why I like on your, on, I really enjoy your spinoff podcast and when I send you stuff and it's like, um, cause you've been, you've been honest with some of my stuff I've sent you. Like, I know there was a time where you like, like on losing myself, you were like, it sounds like you just started rapping kind of like, it's good, but it could be better. And I listened, I heard it and I was like, you know, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, but like you said, the mentality at the time when you make a song or you make a beat, it's like, it's the hardest shit ever. And then hearing someone's feedback that isn't biased towards your music, it's like you listen to them and well, me, I just, I, I listen to them and I listen to the song. And I'm like, okay, I see what he's talking about. Right. I do think some feedback and I may be guilty of this. Sometimes feedback sucks because it isn't relevant or like, it's not, you didn't actually give an example. You're just like, I don't like that mix, you know, and I've said that before to people, but I typically am like, because the low end is muddy, you know, like I'm trying to give like some, some reasoning for why I'm thinking these things. Um, and I will say right. I'm like people that are new, um, I think you can hear it really easily when you've been uh, rapping for I me, mean, not easily, but like there is a, you gain a confidence as you've been rapping longer to where you just, you're saying shit with your balls is how I always word it. But like, you know, you're just uh, saying shit a little cockier. And so when people are newer, it's just harder for them to reach that. And so I do think it's easier to tell if someone's like within their first year or two. Um, but almost always, whenever you make that mixtape or that project that you finally, you know, you break through that and all of a sudden you're like fucking rapping shit like you're a badass. Like that'll always be one of your favorite projects. I know for me, mine was like my third mixtape I made all of a sudden, like my rap voice developed before that I was just talking, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. Out of, then I all mean, of a sudden I was like, no, no, I'm like rapping now. Like it's not just talking. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a big thing too. Like, I mean, when you say like, you don't like the mix, I mean, if the artists mix it themselves, they can take that into like with a grain of salt. But if it's like, if they have someone mixing it, they need to go back and tell the engineer like, Hey, like, you know, got some feedback and this, this, and this, they say it could have been this, this or that, you know, like I, I constantly talk to my engineer and it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've told him things people have said, I told him things that people have thought, you know, and you know, we've been working together for roughly a little over a year since I dropped my first EP therapy in January, 2020. And, you know, like you hear it in the mixes and you hear just the progression of both of us is just crazy. And then we listen to, bars on me and it's like bro this album was put together in six months like what the fuck <laughs> yeah I, i'm never i i hate giving feedback advice on mixing because i'm not that good at it or at least that's what i normally say but i will say recently people told me my mixing has gotten a lot better but all i've been doing is i just keep turning vocals up because i was always the type that and I guess probably because I made the beat. I'm like, come on, let's show off that fucking beat. You know, let's not have those vocals too loud. But uh people really like the vocals loud. So I've just been Turn those up some. And then also uh, loudness meters are a thing that has really helped me because I used to look at like, what's the decibels? But apparently that's just a visual thing. And there's this loudness meter. That's how your ears really hear. And I don't know what the fuck's true. I just watch YouTube videos. But yeah, you learn stuff as you go. And like eventually you'll be like, oh, man, look how listen how much better this sounds like a good example is Internet Friends. One, a lot of those beats are out of key because that was before I learned about that. You know, like I didn't realize what the fuck that was exactly like beats being in key and on certain scales. And so I listen back now and I'm like, oh, my God, look how bad that is. But like a lot of if unless you're a producer, you might not, you know, catch it. Uh, but that's just how it right. goes. It's part of the journey, if you will. 
And yeah, I mean, shout out, shout out all producers, man. I've tried to produce multiple times and when I figured out you had to mix beats too, I'm like, bro, what the, I'm trying to barely figure out how to mix vocals together. Like, fuck this. Like (laughs) I've tried so many times to just structure a beat and I'm like, I can't do this shit. This shit's hard. Right. And honestly, the, the way the market is now, and maybe it was always like this and I was just unaware. I think it's pretty easy for rappers to find producers at reasonable rates or even free you know like it's just it used to be really hard it seemed like as a rapper to to get access to that but so then everyone did just still beats but i think like now it's pretty easy to get linked up with people yeah it is you just have to i mean because there's a few people that i go to consistently for for beats and just mainly because i've i've gotten like like a free beat pack from them and that's what really started me with like leasing beats and before I started putting everything on stream streaming platforms, it was like, like I got beats from this guy, charismatic. I got beats from uh young and icy, you know, people like that who actually kept a relationship with me. Like after I just, after I used their beats and it's like, okay, like I've listened to their catalog and I've paid them for beats too at this point. And you know, there's people out there like, Oh, why am I going to pay a $25 lease for a beat on a song that I'm going to make maybe $5 off of? I mean, it's not about that. You got to think of the time. Like, there's producers that can cook up beats in 10 minutes, but I know some producers also take their time and will take probably two, four hours on a beat. But it right. just, well, every, just like every producer has their own, I guess, pricing method. But to me, the amount of time I spend on it doesn't affect that. Because like that was on me, you know, like in my mind, <laughs> I'm like, because sometimes you do knock some shit out in 10 minutes and it's just as hard as some shit you'll do like in four hours. And it's like, damn, I was on it, you know, or whatever. But that's not saying like you only spent 10 minutes. It's like all of your knowledge from what you've been doing for years and years went into that 10 minutes, you know? So Yeah. And it's like rappers want to be charged for features, but it's like, okay, I'm going to pay you for this verse, but what are you going to like? Cause I, I just talked about this with that, with that guy on the, uh, I can't even say the name of the podcast, the autonomy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I just, uh, had a podcast come out like a few days ago and that's what we were talking about. And I was like, when you pay for features, you pay for notoriety and you pay for the talent. So if like, if I'm on someone's song, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to run, all the promo I can on it, you know, because I'm part of it, you know, especially because typically I don't charge for features. I don't, you know, that's right. just not me. Neither. Why am I going to charge you when in my city, just like you, people barely know who we are half the time, you know? So it's like, um, I'm not going to charge you $200 for a verse. Like, no, nah, I'll do that shit for free. I'll get it back to you hopefully within the week. And, you know, when you drop it, I want to split and, and I'll promo for you. That's it. That's all I have. Yeah. I'm I'm actually the exact same way because I've had people ask me uh, after my album dropped of like how much for a feature. And I more or less, if I like the song, like if it's something I can do, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll do that pretty well. Then I'm going to be cool with it. And yeah, I just expect a percentage. Um, you know, I've probably been a little too like 
uh, not communicated enough about that before of like what that I expect that number. Not that I necessarily expect it, but like a lot of people don't really go specific numbers. You don't really know until you get the email. That's what I've noticed. In, right. <laughs> in the, around here, which not, I'm the same way. I don't normally tell people specific numbers, but there seems to be some understanding involved there. Uh, but if I didn't like the song and then someone was still like, no, no, I, I still want you. How much would it cost? Maybe I would think about it, you know, but like that's never <laughs> To me, if I've ever turned someone down, they've never came back with like, no, 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 I really want you on the song. So, uh, right. I mean, though, typically I try to send out, it depends how many people are on the song, like sick of, like that song, sick of it had like 30 people on it. Um, you know, the pr- percentages were like 15, maybe 10 each. I can't remember the exact numbers. Right. But typically I try to send out, uh, feature splits, like percentages, like anywhere from 20 to 30%, you know, because, I know the work it takes. And of course, if they don't have their own studio, they're paying for that studio time. And so, you know, I'm not going to send them like a 10% split for 16. Like, no, fuck that. Like, I wouldn't want that. So I'm not going to send, I'm not going to cut them short, especially if the song is like, is really dope. And, you know, which, I mean, I think everybody I've worked with that I've met specifically on Twitter, you know, they've all done their thing on this, on songs like you, Karma, Be Life. I haven't had the, the Tico's on a song, but I've been on some of his and, you know, like they've all came out super dope. So it's like, I'm not going to send you five, 10% for, for your work that you're doing. Like, I mean, I send five or 10% for loops typically. <laughs> if I'm like, Hey, I use your yeah. loop on that. I'll get you that. Um, right. It, it really, what it all is about is it is all about networking to me at this level, you know, like um, I don't think, you know, I've seen people at, who I would say, I mean, I hate saying this, that I would think maybe be like worse than me that do charge. But, you know, I've seen a few people like that. I can't even lie. But I've, being I've, I know exactly what's talking about. Worse is subjective. You know, like, I mean, that's not, you know, maybe to some people they are better. You know, people might not like my style. I mean, so that is what it is. But there are people I would say like at my level or lower um, that and I'm like, how do you do you really make money? And then their argument or their reasoning is normally some of like, if you don't take yourself seriously, no one else will or, you know, something along those lines. And I'm like, I don't know. And I get it because I do sell beats, you know, like it's not like I'm oblivious to this. It just seems different. I don't know. For some reason to me. <laughs> Unless I was like famous, you know, I guess, you know, if, right. if uh, like th- there has been someone I've hit up for a verse before. And, and I thought they might charge. And then they did hit me with, they charge $250. And I thought about it and I was like, honestly, I'm just not going to pay them. Cause I didn't think that money would be recouped or like I would gain enough from it where I could just go buy like a new microphone for that money. You know, like I just had to do right. thoughts like that. Now to maybe someone else that would have been worth it. And I wasn't trying to offend them when I was like, Oh, never mind, I appreciate it. You know, like I was hoping they didn't take it the wrong way, but I was like, Oh no, no, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna do that. So Yeah, I feel that. It is what it is, you know, and then something kind of touching similar because I have some people who listen uh that might buy my beats. Uh the way I make beats, because I've had some people, you know, every once in a while ask me for free beats and like, you know, I gave you some beats and all that. And Uh, typically the way it works for me is I sit here and I make a beat and when I get done, it goes to a folder called the decision folder. And then later at some point of time, I listen through all the beats in the decision folder. And if at that time 
to me in my gut, it feels like the type of beat I should sell. It goes in the goes in my store folder. If it sounds if it feels like a beat I want myself, I will keep it. And then if it if any of my friends come to mind, you know, or people that have bought beats off me before or anything like that, then I just send it to them. And I'm like, hey, give me 25 percent if you want this beat. And that's like a one time offer. And if they're like, nah, we're cool, then I'll then put it in my store or whatever, you know, like whatever reason that happens. And I know it's an odd thing because some people would be like, well, I like another beat you have that's in your store. And I'm like, no, I've already mentally decided that's for sale. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know. Everyone has their processes, I'm sure. But that's how mine works. So sometimes people do get free beats, but it is kind of a sporadic th- ordeal. Right. And I mean, that's the thing. Like I never expect free beats from anyone really like, you know, and I feel producers are really, what's the right word? Like a uh, underappreciated, I think is the right word for, you know, people like, you're like, Oh, this beats hard, but you know, the song is good. But it's like, nah, man, like the like some beats now are like, they, they go crazy. And it's like, dude, like pay the fucking producer. Like, I don't know, of course, like major artists do, but you know, I know there's people out there like at our level that will be like, nah, fuck the producer, you know, like, but at the same time, it's like on my album, I took, so I had a 14 track album. I probably took losses, the majority of that album just from features, producer, then of course paying the engineer. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm taking L's on, I mean, I made decent, I did, I made decent money on my album, but it's like just off everything. Like if I didn't have to send splits out to people, you know, I would have, it would have, it would have done phenomenal, but that's the business. And if you don't want to do that, then that's a, that's on you. But I feel that's only going to affect that person's said future with how they go about things and people that may want to work with them and they find out, Oh, you don't send split. Never mind. I'm not going to work with you. You know, either that or send a fat ass fucking fee for a verse. Yeah. And, and it all could happen. And, and that's it. And really the key is communication. So, you know, if any other artists are out there and you're curious, I mean, I would always say it never hurts to ask, you know, the producer or the rapper or whoever to just clarify, you know, like, uh, uh, the way I I do my collab albums is just like every month or two, I just send a mass email and I'm like, Hey, here's an update where everything's at. And then, you know, if people have a song for it's like me and karma, our song off internet friends three, that's been done for like a year. Like it's been done for a long time. And she's been like, fuck oh, that song's So good. When's it coming out? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm working on it. You know, <laughs> and my part's been done for a year. Her part's only been done for probably about six months, but either way I was sitting on my, it was the first one done. So it was just sitting on my computer forever. And, uh, you know, but like some people can't do that. You know, a lot of people, they have a hard time holding on to music and I'm like trying my best to start hoarding stuff. Cause they'll be like, wouldn't it be cool if I just had enough music to just put it like dump a little EP here and there, you know, but, um, Oh, that was, that was me last year. Right. I had so much music just sitting, like wasn't even funny at a point in time. I was like, dude, I have on top of my album, I have like, 10 or 10 or 12 songs just ready. So I like, know, let me, let me, let me put out an EP. Let me put out this thing. Like, it was just whatever. But now it's like, I've fallen behind because I've started working. I started doing features for people. I've started to take some time just for myself, just to 
just, you know, just relax really and take a mental break. And, you know, it's been like, fuck, like, okay, I gotta get back to it. I have like, like currently I probably have like 11 songs just sitting, but I'm thinking like it's all for something like that. I have your, the songs you, the, the beats you did, uh, Plaza Sessions Volume 2, which is a five track EP. And I have a couple singles I'm working on. Then there's those, I think everybody has those songs that they're like halfway written, but they just haven't finished them, which is also, I have a few of those. So it's just, music's everywhere right now. I mean, I think, I think that's the way to do it too, though. Like, I myself, I find like if I just always have something kind of in the works, you know, just let everything bleed into the next thing. It's easier to keep that momentum going than the like, we're starting a project. We're done. Now let's start another project. You know, like that's a lot harder to kind of get up for, in my opinion, where I've, if I can kind of just always have a few things on the burner, uh, it kind of works for me, you know, right. Maybe not yeah, for everybody. I hear um, now, I will say when your unorthodox EP comes out on the 28th, um, hopefully we can get on some playlists, you know, and you can make some money on those, you know, so right. that's what I'll be pushing for. Uh, do my best. And, uh, you said you like to relax. So like, what's some shit you do besides music? Uh, what I really do is I play Xbox. I just take back, you know, um, I try to make time to skate, but then of course I want to spend time with my daughter. Um, so, you know, it's just really making time for everything. And then right now my job, my job sucks. So it feels like I'm working all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of music, I really just like to hang out just not do anything crazy. You know, before COVID, I like bowling, honestly, bowling, bowling is dope, but I mean, COVID shut everything down. So really just kicking out at home maybe going on a walk here and there, like just something to kind of really free the mind, just relax a bit. Right. Yeah. I actually take my dog for a walk every day and uh, we have like a park in, in town that has like a path, you know, and all that. Very good. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, you mentioned bowling. I do enjoy bowling as well. I used to like it a lot more when I was younger because I enjoy like a old school top bowling alley, you know, where it's like a right. hundred different types of bowling balls. They're all just fucking random and you got to search the whole fucking place for that right one. And they probably have a bar and a snack bar, you know, and shit like that. Um, but in the town yeah. I live in that the old bowling alley got shut down and this place called laser zone exists. It has like laser tag and an arcade and it's just like neon carpet and black lots and all the balls are plastic and I just can't do it. Yeah. Like they're like fucking weird (laughs) and like all the nine pound balls are pink and all the 10 pound balls are green. You know, like it's like all color coded. Like I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like it. And so I never go bowling anymore. (laughs) That sounds like something we have here in town. uh, Main event. I sound like just like that. It's real familiar. But yeah, it's like the, those old school bowling out where just use the smell. And there's like, oh, dude, this is nostalgic. And it's just like, you know what you're there for just by the smell. And it's just so, I guess, like, like nostalgic. It just takes me back to when I was a kid with my, my grandparents. My grandpa bowled for a league here in San Antonio. And it was like, I went to a few of their games and it was just super cool just being in there and just the noise and just everything was just, I guess for 
a good term, perfect. But yeah, the, you got these places with laser tag and go kart, bumper cars, and everything. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right to the my bowling, goddamn it! Um, it. And also, it's like a big trope from TV shows, you know, of like in the bowling league scene. And I'm like, no, who's in a bowling league? You know, but like, it's always in TV shows. Like that was a very popular right. thing, I guess, at one time. Um, doesn't really exist. And then you mentioned video games. I, uh, I don't have an Xbox. I may get one if they ever bring Fable back, but I do have a PS5. And, uh, so I, I should enjoy v- video games in general, but like, what are your uh, favorite, you like sports games? I'm assuming. Cause I know you mentioned Madden before. Yeah, I'm playing Madden right now, actually, but it's really just, uh, like Madden. I play Skater XO. Um, and really that's about it. You know, I, I enjoy Call of Duty here and there, depending on my mood, but that's really about it. My video games are very, um, I guess you'd say slim. Like I don't play a lot, but when I do get hooked on a game, I'm on it for a while. <laughs> right. And I thought I saw you tweet not too long ago, like when the PS5 did come out, didn't you order like, uh, one that had a disc and they sent you like an all digital one. Was that you? Uh, it was opposite. I ordered an all digital and they sent me one with a disc drive, which was awesome. <laughs> it was yeah, it's just, I heard they did that a lot there. Well, it was from what I understand, um, they didn't make enough of the digital versions, uh, cause they didn't think they were going to be that popular. And honestly, the only reason I ordered one is my card has a $500 daily limit. And so when I went to buy the discless one on the, I got like an email from Sony of like, Hey, go to this link and you can pre-order it. Uh, you know, at this certain time uh, from Sony Direct. And I went to check out and then my card declined because it was like $550 with tax. And so I had to downgrade to the digital version. And then I checked out and it was whatever. And I was like, God damn it. I can't believe I forgot. You know, I didn't uh, update my card to to go higher than that. Um, but yeah, when I got right. it in the mail, um, it was in the digital box. But when I pulled it out, I had the disk drive and I was like, oh, well, hell yeah. And I was like talking all this shit beforehand. I'm like, I don't even need a disk drive. Like, who the fuck needs it? Because I really I almost buy almost all my games digitally anyway. Like, it's pretty rare for me to get a disk. But um, once I got it, I was like really excited that I had the one with the disk drive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing, too, because it's like I know because uh, I have a Xbox One S, I think. I don't know. It's a Fortnite edition. It's like a maroon color, which is why I bought it. But um, I know they're like they're like 4K players and shit like that. So like those all digital ones are cool and all, but it's like at the same time, it's like, dude, I use my Xbox as a DVD player sometimes. So it's like <laughs> that's really where mine has come in handy. As I got, you know, after the Office left Netflix, my wife bought me the DVD set, and so I've been watching it on my PlayStation. And so if I didn't have the disc drive, that would be a bummer. I mean, I have a Blu-ray player as well, but you know, that's weird. Why not just use your game console? Um, but yeah, I don't get into sports games as much these days. Um, I don't know why. I used to love Madden. I just found that every year it, it was the same, you know. And now I buy right. NBA 2K every fucking year and it's the same thing. So, I mean, like, it is what it is. Um, you know, people like a sport, they're going to gonna play the thing. But I, I'm going to maybe try next year to not buy NBA 2K for the first time. And I don't know how long, maybe 13 years or something. Some, some stupid number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't, but because I, I just bought the Xbox like literally probably two months ago. Oh, hell yeah. But before that, I still had a 360. And uh, 
before the before the 360, I had a N64, and that was that was when I still lived with my mom. So it's like I haven't had a console in a while, but I sold my N64, which I regret. So get the <laughs> a funny story. I sold my N64 with the GoldenEye, Super Smash Bros, uh, Mario Kart 64, and a couple other like Wave Runner, Wave Rider classic games donkey kong like just those classic nintendo games i sold that I sold all of it with three controllers for 15 dollars a while back because i wanted some weed <laughs> yeah not a good deal that's my biggest regret right there that that dude got a steal off of me man yeah because i know sure. that game goes for like 75 alone <laughs> now like super smash bros so i'm like fuck dude are you serious but yeah, I, I mean, just wanted some weed. That was it. The only reason you kind of still want a Nintendo 64, you know, is like I'm pretty big into like like I said, video game shit is I do a lot of emulators or I used to. I don't really these days, but I used to have like emulators on my laptop where like I would have all these old, you know, RPGs and games I'd want to play. But super Nintendo 64 games are really hard to play on an emulator because like if you connect an Xbox controller to your computer, it's hard to emulate the Nintendo 64 controller. You know, because the button layout's right. all weird. So, like, when you map those buttons to the Xbox, you have to, like, put those C buttons on the bumpers. And so, like, it gets really, really complicated. So, I could see where 64s uh, are a little more expensive, you know, uh, or you could sell them for a little more. There, one of my favorite games of all time is on the Nintendo 64 that's really rare. And so, I, I consider going on eBay and purchasing it. But, like, the game's, like, 90 bucks itself without even getting a console. So I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it for just one old fucking yeah. 64 game. They probably have to blow into before you put it in the console. <laughs> right. Right. So I just, I uh, mean, stick to what I know, you know, of my modern shit. I have a super Nintendo classic, um, which I really enjoy. And I loaded it up with a bunch of retro, like you can hack it and put more games on it. And so, uh, I loaded that up with a bunch of Game Boy Advance games just to have a bunch of Pokemon on it. So it's on a little Pokemon. Oh, that's yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. Like 64s are just, I don't know. They're, 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 they're that classic console that no one has anymore, barely. So it's like, I do regret some of mine, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it it kind of I I hated it whenever that console existed. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, the first console I got was a Sega Genesis. Well, it was actually a regular Nintendo. When my uncle went to the Marines, he gave me his regular Nintendo. And then the first one my mom bought me for Christmas was the one hundred dollar Sega Genesis. You know, because it was cheap. And I of course was like, sure, this is fine. But my cousin had a Super Nintendo that I was like, that's so much better. Like I just knew it was better. It Super Mario was way cooler than Sonic. Uh, I mean, Sonic was fast, but I just didn't care about that. And uh, then I got a Super or a Nintendo 64 thinking like, finally, you know, I got a Nintendo and then my cousin got the PlayStation that was so much cooler, you know, at least at that time. Uh, And they, they just had so many more games on the PlayStation and they were cheaper. They were like 20 bucks and the 64 cartridges were like 40 or 50 bucks. So it was like, God damn it, I chose wrong again. And so like I hated Nintendo <laughs> after that. Uh, and then the Wii yeah, my first. came out and I got one of those because it was a big fucking deal when I was in college. Like my first year of college, it came out and I was like, fuck it. I guess I'm buying one. Everyone loves it. And then I just fucking played weed bowling all the time. Dude, yeah, weed bowling is shit. 
But yeah, I think my first console was a uh, Atari, like with the joystick that had like ten games on it. I think that was my first like quote unquote console, and then I got, then my dad got me a GameCube with the MLB Slugfest, which is still one of my favorite games to this day. It's only one of two games that I remember from that console. I remember Slugfest and then Pikmin. I remember playing Pikmin and was like, this game is pretty cool, but I don't know if it, how I was received to either of those games. Yeah, like Slugfest, like I liked it because you could like charge the fucking mound, like beat the shit out of the pitcher or whatever. Right. It it was like a NFL street or NBA street, but baseball, right? More or less. Yeah, something like that. Like, it was, you know, run the ball cool caught too, on fire, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, like on the PlayStation 2, they came out with the Blitz, the league, that like street football game. I think Exhibit was like a, was like an endorsement for it or something. Man, I'm probably wrong. That doesn't sound right, but. No, you're right. I, well, there was NFL Street, which was like, uh, had the actual NFL license and then Blitz existed where they had the NFL license, but then their remake they made, I don't think they could get it. So they got like old retired players and other people to like be a part of it. Something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. I had no idea. That's dope though. And they had like FIFA street and then all all the street games are a big fucking deal back in the day. And then they kind of died out, you know, Basically, video games now just do everything like the NBA game comes out and it's like, OK, it's the street version. It's the on court version. It's, it's just all of it in the one game. You know, kind of like I look at all these racing games and I want to buy one for whatever reason. But I'm like, Grand Theft Auto exists and it's a racing game plus everything else. And I've already beat it a few times. This isn't going to be better. <laughs> I just not going to buy this. You know, like I get those conversations all the time. Like some games are just too good and they ruin the others. Right, you know, Grandpa thought it was one of those games, you know, I remember I went to, I think I went to Galveston with my dad when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, and um, I got him to buy me Vice City on the PS2, because my mom was like, because I was, it was like infomature, and I was like 10 or 11 at the time, <laughs> and I convinced my dad to buy it for me, and I got home, I was really sick when I got home, I had appendicitis, and um, I brought home, I was hiding a bag and my mom was like, what's in the bag? And I was like, oh, nothing. Like, you know, like little kids scared of knowing he's going to get in trouble. And I'm like, nothing. And I freaking pass out because I'm, like, I'm sick, you know? And she takes the bag when I'm sleeping and like looks it in. And of course she sees the fucking game. Like she's not stupid. So she gets mad at me. She's like, what happened? I blame it on my dad. My dad's like, no, he said, he said, you said it was fine. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, those Grand Theft Auto games. It's like I hear they're making six right now, like it's in development. I'll believe I'm just like, what else? What else can you do with that game? You've made just. I mean, it's been it's been like it's been a long seven, yeah, eight, it's been yeah. a long time. And where it is, the Grand Theft Auto, the latest rumors I read is it is going to be like a spiritual successor at the least to Vice City where it's going to be set in Vice City, probably more modern day, but it could be in the 80s. Um, And it also is going to have a place, a part of South America where you can like ride your boat all the way from Miami to South America or some crazy shit like that. That's what the word is. That's pretty cool, but I mean, 
like you just said, believe it when I see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, these there's been so much talk over the years. And so it's like, well, they make so really much money on the online. I'm just scared. There's never going to be like a true single player one again, you know? And I'm like, Oh my God, if they got rid of that, would be so sad. Um, Cause they could just make money forever on this online game. You know, like that's just well, the way it works. Uh, but yeah, for me on Grand Theft Auto, I've always thought I had a fun story with it of like, I just went to Walmart. I had some money from like mowing lawns or something. You know, I'm a little older than you. So I was probably like uh, in sixth or seventh grade when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. And I just went to the store. I had money. I wanted a new game. And I was just look, you know, looking at the display case at all the different games is back in the day. Kids, y'all might not remember if you're too young. They used to have big fucking circles in the display case and you would put your hand in the case and grab the game to read it. But it was the hole wasn't big enough for you to actually like pull the game out, uh, which I always thought was so strange. But anyway, and so I just looked at the graphics on the back and was like, well, this looks like pretty good graphics. I'm going to get this game. So I just bought Grand Theft Auto 3, not knowing at all what it was. And then I got home and played it and loved it and went home the next day and told my friends, like, listen, you can kill people and run them over and money comes out. And like, you can steal a cop car and you become the cops. Like, it just blew my mind, everything about it. You know, none of my friends had heard of it. And so within like a month, it was like on the news where it was like, you're killing prostitutes and, you know, all the shit that came with Grand Theft Auto. My mom was like, is that the game I bought you last month? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But I don't think it's that bad. Um, and so I ended up <laughs> getting to keep it or whatever. It wasn't a big deal. I, I lived in the golden age or like the, I guess the last age before like parents cared, or at least my parents cared about ratings and stuff like that. You know, like I, we, I lived yeah, in a really mom. small town and we went to this video store we called Mark's. It wasn't the name, but that was the guy who owned it and ran it. And I remember me and my best friend in like fourth grade renting Hellraiser and it was like a hard R, you know, and then Mark just goes, does your mom let you watch rated R movies? And we said, yes. And from that day afterwards, we were allowed to rent rated R movies. Like he didn't talk to our parents. It just is what it was, you know? And so I saw a lot of shit way too young, but I handled it. I think. Okay. You know, like in hindsight. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like kids, kids now, like it seems like they just take everything. So literal. Right. It's like, Oh, well that guy did in the movie. I can do it in real life. Like, no, man, like just, there's no imagination. I feel like with kids anymore, which kind of sucks because, I mean, I remember playing outside as when I was little. I was like, we had games like fucking uh, Wall Ball, King no, of the Hill, King Wall of the Hill, the best. <laughs> King of the Hill. So I don't know if y'all had any games similar, but like um, King of the Hill in the neighborhood I lived in, there was like a, a cement ledge that divided the duplexes, like a straight, like probably four foot cement ledge, and we'd get on top of the ledge and try to push each other off, <laughs> try to push each other off. And we called that King of the Hill. And there was a time where uh, it was me and my friend, I think his name was Andrew. We were the last two on there. And I, he kicked my, uh, one of my feet. And I just, I just racked myself so hard on that fucking little wall barrier thing. And that was like the last time we ever played that game because no one wanted to no one wanted that to happen but then of course kids we fucking reenact try to reenact like wwe shit in the ditch like 
like just anything like right. jackpot. I mean, I remember King of the Hill fairly well from uh, when I would go to church and they had the slide. Um, it was like really like a really wide slide, like two people could go down it. But yeah, whoever was at the top of that was King of the Hill. And then so you get the top and just push everybody away. And <laughs> I remember this one girl. I, I might have pushed her, but someone pushed her and I got blamed regardless. And her mom came out and like yelled at me and I kept going. She was playing King of the Hill. Like my argument was like, what the fuck do you expect? That's the game. Like that's the game we're over here playing. Um, but that's no one funny. cared. No one cared. Uh, but yeah, I also remember I was thinking lately about playing outside. You know, I like to think of myself as a nerdy video game guy and I am. But there was definitely a lot of outside activity because uh, that's just how it was living in the 90s as a, as a kid or whatever. And uh, my mom was just going to kick me out and be like, hey, go to so-and-so's house or go jump on your trampoline. Or you like, just don't you can't be in the fucking house. Right. Like there were, yeah, there were just, just moments like be that. Be inside when the, be inside when the streetlights come on. That's it. Right. That was my mom's thing. And, uh, you know, I would just like, get on my bike. On the street, I was in trouble. Right. Like, I just get on my bike or out of so-and-so's house, you know, and then who knows what the fuck we're going to do that day. Or, like, we had a place we called the sand lot that we played baseball, but it was it had no sand at all. You know, it was just an empty lot. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all those things always stick with you. And it's like, oh, we are fucking crazy kids. But I never see that now. Now, I don't live in the same town I grew up in, so maybe it is still like that there. But like the town I live in now is like a little college town. And you just don't see uh, like kids walking down the road or like a bunch of bikes outside of someone's house. It's like, I don't know, something like you would always see when I was a kid, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as when I mean, speaking of like slides, like uh, when I was a kid, I played on the little AAU basketball team. I was probably like 12 or 13. And there was this place called Chacho's here in San Antonio. And they had like, some, they had three or four really steep slides, like super, super fucking steep. And we had just won a game and we went to go celebrate. And, you know, kids got to play, parents got to drink some beer, whatever. And the team that we had played showed up. And, you know, they're in there too. And so, you know, of course, you know, like it's from a instilled in me, at least at a young age, like if one of your homies is in trouble, you back them up. So someone from our team and their team started getting into it like verbally. And then it, it turned physical and we started pushing them down the slides. And one of the kids broke their arms. And I think that was the last like part of the ending days of those slides. Right. Because we we shoved we shoved one of them down head first, and I mean they were long too. They were long steep slides, and one of them broke their arm, and we fucking obviously left like immediately. And then the Chachas was like a known place for like bar fights, so they had it was like they they had cops around there, like an actual bar, like <laughs> these Chachas, but it was like on the on the worst part of the side town that we lived on. Right. And so it was, it was just one of those places. Like if you want to see a fight or you want to get into a fight, you know, you can go there and more than likely it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Those are always, always fun places. <laughs> well, hey man. All right. Well, my last round question, what's your favorite TV show or do you care? Fuck my favorite TV show. 
It could be yeah, a I'll, lot of I'll things you a, enjoy. I watch a lot of TV, so what am I into? Um, let's see. What am I watching? So uh, I like that show Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I always uh, say <laughs> it's like the most underrated sitcom. You know, I, I really liked Goldberg's when I first watched it. And I convinced like, Dude, some Gold, of my friends, yeah. you know, and then Goldberg's kind of fell off to me the last few seasons. And then I happened to just check out Fresh Off the Boat on Hulu. And I was like, how did I not know this show existed? It's like, Dude, that little Asian kid. A really... 90s rap kid, you know, or whatever is <laughs> exactly. the main character. And then his two younger brothers are the fucking funny as fuck. Like, and the mom and dad are, the mom definitely is super funny. I mean, the whole cast is just super good. Like, it's a very underrated show. So that was a good, good call. Yeah, so fresh off the boat, I like. Um, I could watch How I Met Your Mother over and over again. I uh, see. I, um, I watched it once in college, you know, when it was airing, and I liked it. But in on a rewatch, I just started seeing like everything I hate about it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, I used to be a fan though. And then, um, honestly, as as weird as it's gonna sound, it's more. I feel it's more of like a quote-unquote like chick chick show but it's like uh gray's anatomy dude i really like that show <laughs> yeah there's a um, lot of seasons a lot of seasons not my thing but you yeah. know i don't care about hospitals i mean i haven't i haven't seen every single episode i'm not like a diehard fan but you know what i have seen i mean I'm, i've kept up with the past like two seasons three seasons it's like dude it's just just the, the plot and storyline like everything going on is like fuck it's pretty good but I mean, it's not for everybody. So. My uh, one connection to Grey's Anatomy is uh, when I was in college and I went home to visit, you know, some weekend, there was some girl who wanted me to, you know, stop by, if you will. Um, <laughs> and I remember I did. And her whole thing, she was like, well, no, I have to watch this episode of Grey's Anatomy first. It's this, you know, it was like airing live or some shit. And I was like, for real. So I had to hang out and wait until that show was over. And uh, I didn't thought about that not at all, right? For the rest of my life after that, it wasn't anything. No, no offense. It just wasn't like a fucking, you know, it didn't change my life or anything. And so I didn't think about it. And then my wife, like a couple years ago, was watching Grey's Anatomy on Netflix. And then that episode comes on and I'm like, I know this whole episode. How do I know this whole episode? And then it like just flooded back <laughs> that whole night back to my memory of like, oh my God, I sat there and had to wait through this episode. <laughs> And uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty fun the way memories work. <laughs> it was like unlocked. Yeah, memories are super weird. <laughs> kind of like when you smell something that you're like, I haven't smelled that since the last time the whatever happened. And all of a sudden it all comes back to you. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, hell yeah, man. Well, uh, again, I'm going to remind everyone you have a project coming out uh, May 28th. So go follow Kid G. And is it just kid space g or is it kid underscore like how is it on spotify so everyone knows uh on spotify and all streaming platforms it's kid space g and then uh social media almost yeah all my social media is the same kid g underscore 619 and that is that's how you can tap in with me and are there any Um, other kid g's are you the only one oh there's a couple um there's there's one, but he spells his name with two D's, and I guess he's a lot bigger than me. He has like a million views on his videos and and songs, but you know, it's probably good. You just if you want to find me, just type in bars on me, Kid G, and that it'll, it'll pop up right there. Hell yeah! All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, this will come out probably like a week from today. By the way, 
just okay, so you know. Cool. And um, <laughs> you know, everyone, uh, yeah, check that shit out when it comes out. For sure, appreciate you. Having All right, me. peace, bro. All right, later, man. Wanna do this all my life, can't complain, I'm doing alright Wanna do this all my life, gave it all for my sacrifice Wanna do this all my life, now you know what I feel inside Wanna do this all my life, can't complain, I'm doing alright Music my life, I do this not my choice, I wouldn't choose this I'm addicted to this shit, need a fix, on a track and I gotta hit Whoa now, slow down, holy cow, blow down Like tornadoes when they touch down No crowns, no pounds, no tools, no rounds Just a dumb fool with a cold sound Grass will go home and I really hold it down Trying to spread like corona, whoa now Trying to go viral, dad's got me coughing Man, I'm about to go wild, another beat killed Throw it on the pile, what's new? God damn, that's true, dude I got it sealed up like camp food Beat got ran through, listen to kid G and J Try to understand, dude Wanna do this all my life, can't complain, I'm doing alright Wanna do this all my life, gave it all for my sacrifice Wanna do this all my life, now you know what I feel inside Wanna do this all my life, can't complain, I'm doing alright Can't complain, I'm doing alright, but I struggle to know what's wrong from right When I write these songs and hit my bong, going back and forth with no ping pong Whack ass dude just tested me, but I won't ever crack with a fat on back You know it's a fact, there's knives you black, and I won't ever cap and say you the trap You trying to get the worst of me, but it's Bringing out the best of me Think you wanna come for me Now the gang is your enemy Take to the head real rapping dead That new shit dread I just wanna make my bread I wanna make it know When I'm in my zone Don't come for me You'll be overthrown Wanna do this all my life Can't complain I'm doing alright Wanna do this all my life Gave it all for my sacrifice Wanna do this all my life Now you know what I feel inside Wanna do this all my life Can't complain I'm doing alright Triple it With my scribble head This not a win for the nimble wits Back on my backhand like Wimbledon With a new wit that got Limelton All my life I've been hustling Easy money, risky coming in Crazy I wouldn't stand for my country But I die for a Benjamin So I stay up on my whip and shit Pete Risk, fat check Big pun intended when we say Yo girl got that fat neck Ay, All I do is win I just ain't got my crown yet And I got diamonds for the teeth I just gotta get them set like Wanna do this all my life Can't complain I'm doing alright Wanna do this all my life Gave it all for my sacrifice Wanna do this all my life Now you know what I feel inside Wanna do this all my life Can't complain, I'm doing alright